Hey all, a few quick updates. With Twitter, or X, increasingly on the fritz, I've created a substack at jaxyaks, that is J-A-X-Y-A-C-K-S dot substack dot com that I'll be using to send out updates about the podcast and my other projects rather than trying to hop on to every new social media that pops up. It and my current social media links will be in the show notes of every episode. Also now linked in the show notes, the interest form for Fanstuck and Problematic Faves episodes is back. If you have a Homestuck fan work or a wonderfully terrible character you want to come on and talk about, fill out the form and I'll see if we can set something up. That's all I have for now. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. This is Jackie, aka Jax, and welcome back to Live Laugh Stuck. Today is a very special episode. Not only do I have my wonderful co-host Moosey with me, but I also have Geo and Bambosh of, in this case, the unofficial Homestuck collection. Geo, then Bambosh, want to introduce yourselves? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm Geo. I'm a Universal Constant. I'm from the internet. I have done many things. One of which, in this case, is uh, actually, the order is a little bit backwards here because Bambosh started the unofficial Homestuck collection uh, and published the first version. That's fair. You're just on top. Yeah, I, I hopped on afterwards. So really, I'm the <laughs> I'm the seasoning here. I'm the guest. I'm the guest's guest. The the plus one. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I'm Bambosh. Uh, I worked on the Homestuck collection, and then I, well, then Geo came in and made everything so much better after I published it. It's like, really, you know, you can be the seasoning, but I think you're a really important part of this whole <laughs> endeavor in general. Well, if we know anything about English food, seasoning is important. Oh. That is the only thing either of us have ever done, so that wraps up the intros. <laughs> the only thing you've ever done? I did look yeah. at both of your repositories on GitHub, or your, like, GitHub profiles and <laughs> to see what you've forked and worked on. Hmm. So, I'll have, I guess, questions about that later. <clears throat> so this answers. is why I have Moosey. Moosey's um, the best co-host. <laughs> and then for both of you, I'm I'm Moosey. I teach C programming at a community college and I work on games and stuff. And I've worked as a web developer, but more like back in C sharp stuff. Wow, you're all real programmers. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about Electron and Node.js. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm intimidated by you two. <laughs> that just that just confirms that you're a real programmer, don't worry. <laughs> My technical knowledge is I went to a shitty for-profit training school to learn web dev back in, like, 2016, and I've never used it again since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? Yeah. Yeah. Web dev sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't like the front-end development part oh, of yeah. it. I much prefer the back-end. I would um, agree if that wasn't exclusively what I do in my free time. <laughs> that's fair. Web dev sucks for me. I like C sharp, but I like it only to like make little fun games and nothing else. 
I, I prefer just making small standalone games as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want to go too far in the future. Let's go back to the 1980s. <laughs> um, anyway, that was definitely uh, a tangent about Homestuck. We're still on track. <laughs> uh, Bambosh. Okay, so so big question. I So this is going to be how did you know this needed to be made? But we looked at the website and it's it's as soon as Viz took control of it. And uh, oh, well, wow. so like it flag. needed to be made, the Homestuck collection. You know what? Let's step it back. We've talked about it on our podcast before, but what if someone just decided to come into this fresh? Bambosh, what is the unofficial Homestuck collection? Okay, the unofficial Homestuck collection is an offline browser which you can run on your desktop, which is like a time capsule containing not only Homestuck, but everything related to Homestuck, everything you might need to get even the tiniest bit of context about Homestuck. It's, the idea is that it's future-proof so that even when technology fails, and different parts of the internet stop supporting what Homestuck is, it will still function in not only the way that it was originally written, but I like to think in a better way or a more stable way uh, than it ever was. I mean, in terms of like um, how soon I knew it needed to be made, honestly, this is a really interesting thing because I, I read Homestuck in 2015, which I mean, at this point is, wow, that's so early. You got on before Homestuck finished? Wow. But at the time, I felt like I was on late because that was the point where everything surrounding Homestuck was already starting to crumble. You see things like um, Hussey's like big long time form spring blog. At around that point, that's when that started to go off offline, and you start to see like you know fan archives of you know here's a text post or here's a archived HTML thing of every single form spring answer or whatever, and little different things that were massive in Homestuck only a couple of years earlier, were starting to just get like plucked off the internet, off the mainstream internet, and you had to go looking for them. So that was the way I experienced Homestuck, was that I read this thing, and I got really, really into it, and I saw that there was, there was all this context for it, and you know the origins of in-jokes, and the behind-the-scenes commentary, and just the general thing that it was, and that was all starting to go. So at the time, the way I experienced, well, experienced it was as an archaeologist. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be so cool if there was some way to experience this just like in an easy way, just to have it all delivered to me. I would love to have that. And in 2015, uh, I knew nothing. I was a little baby and I couldn't do anything about that. But I always had this idea that like, okay, this is the thing that I want to exist so badly. A year after that, in 2016, um, I found the Read MSPA archive, which was the offline archive um, until uh, I released mine, I guess. This one is a static thing, so it's just a bunch of HTML web pages with the text baked in. But I got a copy of that, and I used that, and I ended up started tweaking with it just to see, like, you know, okay, what can I add to this? Just for my own fun, you know, what if I wanted something extra out of this? And that was kind of how I got my start in programming with JavaScript in general. I was I started from zero and went into that. And every single time I tried to like branch onto my own and make my own version of it, I like I got I bounced off. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, uh, uh, I'll try this again later. And that process kind of kept repeating for the next couple of years. You know, I'd say, okay, I know Discord uses Electron, and that's a website thing that runs on your desktop. Maybe I'll use that. And then I, you know, downloaded an Electron repository. And I had no idea what I was doing, and I bounced off again. 
But in 2020, that's when I got my first job as a programmer. And I thought, okay, I am literally a professional at this now. If I can't figure this out now, I never will. So in my spare time over the year of 2020, I just like, you know, threw myself at it again and again. I kept building it. And eventually I got a foothold and it started to really turn into what it was. The year it happened, like the deadline of Flash getting this deactivated permanently in 2021 was certainly a motivator. But the year it happened was more a consequence of my own personal development as a programmer rather than, you know, that was the year I decided it should happen. You know, I also thought maybe it was a, uh, a COVID project since, you know, 2020. Yeah, it turned out that way. <laughs> but like, yeah, uh, the, I think I remember we were still in the office around the time I, I like really started work on it. And then it transitioned quite naturally into a COVID project as that happened. Yeah, nice. I had noticed from reading in the repository, like you had put, I am by no means an expert. Well, I'd love to say I always had good practices in mind while developing this. I largely didn't even know what a good practice was for a decent chunk of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just completely figuring shit out as I go. Yeah. It's like absolute mess, uh, but it works. So. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's all it you, t you need. <laughs> I'm in much the same boat where this is my first um, like major Electron project I've worked on. Um, this is, I mean, the collection itself is really interesting, actually, because as Ben Bush talked about, this is an intersection of a lot of things. I, pro I started reading the comic slightly before that, uh, so Formspring was still, a, was still a site that existed. Forms were still up, all that. Uh, but Homestuck has always been really, really tightly tied to modern web technologies, modern being what was modern at the time which has always been a big selling point, right? But it's also made it fragile in a way because it's been tied to web, the web stack, uh, the suggestion box, the forms. The, the big obvious weakness, of course, is Flash, which is what everyone was using back in 2010, but of course is now appreciated. There's also a rich tradition of uh, browser extensions for the MSPA site. So way back when there were a couple different browser extensions for like adding keyboard navigation and toggling spoiler boxes and that sort of thing. And so it, the, the read, the read MSPA online archive had some of that built in the, the read MSPA offline archive was actually very, very good, except for the fact that it was totally inaccessible. Uh, it wasn't posted <laughs> anywhere and it, because of like legal concerns, it wasn't being widely distributed because that's when it, it came from an era where what pumpkin still had some credibility and goodwill in the fandom and so people were more careful about not distributing it trying to direct people to purchase the books that kind of thing back when the books were being published and hadn't been abandoned but then i mean as as we've all seen with the with the new site and the biz management and what's happened since then there's been a growing need for something like that that flash Flash is the is the obvious example that really exacerbated it because that's something that not even the readms read MSPA archive could handle because web browsers just wouldn't support the Flash player anymore. And I think I'm, ima I'm imagining Ben Bush and I realized at about the same time that Electron has Flash support built in in a way that can't just be immediately disabled because it's an enterprise feature. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> so the, while the latest version of Chrome is going to update and it's not going to support Flash, we can package specific versions of Flash 
with the specific version of the app so that you'll have Flash there in the app repackaged, which is not something we can, which is not something anyone can do with the distribution of Homestuck anywhere else. Yeah. And that's important. There's so much stuff that's Flash based that just can't get archived or won't get archived in addition to just all the old internet stuff that just disappears one day, just like the forums or whatever else. I feel so sad about the forums. I mean, I hopped on right like a few months before they went down, so I got a taste of them, but that's almost the way else. It's like you get to see it in its glory days right before they fall. Yeah, I was I was on the forums for a good long while, and it, it I mean, it, it really was tragic. It was this huge, huge cultural loss that I think people still are, are still to this day processing. Like, you see stuff like homestuck.net, where they've tried to just archive a bunch of stuff, which is kind of sort of a trauma response to this this community history of having fan adventures and hosting websites and things go down and just having large large hunks of history pulled out from under us and the forums are are the biggest example of that to be sure like as a related project there's i've in, in i'm into constructed languages so there's a constructed language that was created in the 1980s called Ladon, and you know all the websites i kind of arrived the language after like the apocalypse of the original set of people who were into it and so like i've been archiving all the websites that went down around it and lesson pages and then building up like additional resources but yeah like how much is there that's just lost that you don't even know about the just, unknown unknowns yeah <laughs> so this is why i'm a digital archivist right yeah there's there's there's, there's so much it's so important it's so valuable and it's just so easy to lose it if you yeah. don't make a point of preserving things. I accidentally lost source code to a video game I made. <laughs> just no, not on purpose. No. I just, <laughs> it was in a repository, but I apparently did not save the repository. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, archival is important. I, uh, I, I did think it was funny. I asked uh, Geo, I asked you if you had something at one point. Not only did you give it to me, two seconds later you had like an uh, uh an archive link for it. It's like also in the future, if you ever lose this, there's just this <laughs> link. It's on there forever now. Oh yeah, I yeah. am I am extremely fastidious about making archives and organizing them and having those resources available. A lot of this stuff, I mean, for the Homestuck stuff, there's there's plenty of stuff that doesn't fit in the collection and I just have sitting on a drive somewhere. If somebody needs an answer, I have it. Um and so one of the things the collection does is it offloads some of that to a form people can actually use instead of just having to know me. Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, super helpful because one thing I really like is you have all the news posts in the blog posts and you have the option, I think, as default to auto update as you go through as a reader. So you are really getting as close to the original experience as you can, which is fantastic. It also throws me back in time. It's like, hey, maybe I'll be make a MySpace page for these songs we're making. Yeah, that, that whole experience is, I think... It's part of what I, I wanted to get out of it at the time. It's that, you know, that feeling of being a time capsule, you know, like being able to forget that the internet did erode all that stuff and that you can just dive into it as it was at the time. And it wouldn't have been possible without like all the archives that were made at the time. If other people didn't archive it first, I wouldn't have had a chance of finding it. So that's important. And it's a really hard problem because it's not just a time capsule. 
because as you've noted, the news posts are released throughout. It's a it's a history you seek through, right? So mm-hmm. as you read the comic, different things happen in the real world. Different news posts get made, different songs get released, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it takes some extra organization to present that in a way that lets you see not only the history as it was at the very beginning, but the history as it was when each page was published and sort of recreate that experience of reading through it for the first time live. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I was really impressed with. Like, it's not just something to read the information. It's like, you know, it's more complex than that. You have your bookmarks that take keeps track of where you're at. It has the news that updates as you read as well. It's not just like an e-reader. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really cool. And so there's there's a lot of logic there that has to be very special, very yeah. specific to Homestuck and not just, oh, it's a it's a web page, it's a browser that still supports Flash. Right. There's a lot built in to specifically guide you through that process. There's also I'm I'm not sh- I'm gonna try not to spoil anything for you. There are a couple settings and the settings that control how this works, which we spent a lot of time agonizing over how to a present lot the option. A lot oh. of time. It's like it could have been so easy, but I am like the worst person to work with this if i decide something's wrong i just (laughs) no 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 because you're right i mean what we're doing is balancing this on a razor's edge where we're trying to give new readers the ability to make an informed decision about an option without spoiling them on what the results of that option are and what the implications are Mm -hmm. it's kind of an impossible problem but i think we've we've thread the needle as best it can be done through, yeah, like hours and hours of back and forth, <laughs> getting the presentation of the options just right, the language of the options just right. I mean, there, there, are, there are sections of the app where we just, you know, sat down and wrote paragraphs of prose explaining stuff. Yeah. And that was fine. And then there are like two or three sentences that we spent weeks refining <laughs> every word <laughs> just to, to be as... Yeah carefully balanced as we possibly could on some of these issues it's like this is the stuff that matters though because you know you can't guarantee that someone getting this is going to have that homestuck friend to you know be able to ask questions to if something that we give them doesn't have an answer that they can be satisfied with they're just going to google it and get the full load of the internet blast that <laughs> anyway so no, like, it, it does matter and it's worth doing right yeah we, we have to give it them into a way that you know it doesn't give them the answer but they're still satisfied like that's hard yeah this is a this is one of the really interesting things no i can't talk about the epilogues can i <laughs> i'm baby <laughs> there are different ways of experiencing homestuck for the first time you can experience it you know live as it was originally published and you can experience it as an archive reader where going into it you have all the news posts you have the wiki that exists already and by default, that archive reader modality is what everyone is in all the time for all published media, right? If you're going back and watching an anime for the first time, when you start in episode one, there's a wiki that exists that spoils everything for you already. When Undertale comes out, all the, if you Google it, if you go to the internet for that information, all of that exists. I mean, the, the world is already in the state of all this information being available. Yeah. And there's not a great way to go back and get that experience of going through it live for the first time with community context, unless you just totally isolate yourself to the media and experience, you know, binge watch the whole thing. But you still don't get, you know, news, theories, fandom works. Mm -hmm. There's no way to incorporate, you know, 
the baby is you into that kind of reading. The, the context, <laughs> the specific context at that time of what everyone was at. Yeah. And then not to uh, get into spoilers, but there is also something about Homestuck that after it happened does automatically create an archival experience for, for everyone that you had to go back and fix. So that exactly. didn't happen. Exactly. I have no There's... idea what those words mean. Exactly. Let's keep we'll it that get way. To it. <laughs> I've, I've not played the game, but I've heard this, and this is something I want to look at myself later. I have heard that Metal Gear Solid does a very interesting thing here where the game has essentially a wiki built into it. It talks about the the characters and the state of the story. Um, and because it's built into the game, it updates based on what you, the player, know. Right? So you have oh. that kind of on that kind of encyclopedia that you can consult as you go, but it's also keyed to where you are yeah. in the media, hmm. which I thought was a very interesting idea. And it's something I'd love to see implemented for stuff. Um, but you have to, you know, very carefully craft it around the media, like they did, and like we've kind of tried to do with the collection yeah and you get that with like it's so much easier with video games but i can't think of any other type of media where you're going to watch a tv show and like you said you could get that kind of gated i need more information on who the heck this is but not all of the information yeah so. and i mean theoretically it's something we could do like you could have a wiki that's designed where it, it stores what episode you're on as like user settings but it, it's going to vastly complicate the work involved. And it's just, it's not something we have yeah. as a practice right now. There'd have to be some sort of base framework for just allowing that across the board. I, yeah. I would be really interested in seeing people explore that as a, as a, as a media consumption option. Yeah. I'm having that problem with, uh, I'm watching the cartoon, the legend of Vox Machina, um, and trying to look up stuff about yeah. the animated series versus like the campaign. And it's oh, not yeah. easy. I have, I have a whole article I want to write about this at some point, but I haven't done it yet. So I that'd, can't chill it. That'd be really cool. I mean, <laughs> we should keep in touch after this. Cause you guys <laughs> seem really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And yeah, so you, you mentioned mods and there are a lot of mods for this. You can extremely customize how you read it because one of the issues about a comic that started in 2009 by a uh, presumed at that time uh, cishet white dude is that there's some like not great language and stuff in it. And so one of the mods is you get rid of that language. If you just like don't want to experience that as you're reading it, you cannot. Yeah, so Jonia, before we even had the modding framework, used the offline collection as a base to make a, a patch, basically, which was the, the original version of the Homestuck Slur Replacement Project, which takes a few... I mean, there, there are... It's, it's only a scattering of incidences. There are, there are 10 or 20 words in the comic that, that, it, that it touches, um, but it can be jarring for a modern reader to go through and hit hit that word and it kind of brings you out of the story for a second and say whoa wait what, what's this doing in my uncomic yeah and one of the points she makes about it is you hardly notice the mod if it's installed that it, it really doesn't it doesn't break the story it's not critical to the story it's just an artifact of its time um and yeah. it's something that we can deal with we can also we can do the same thing for like i mentioned there's a there's a history of browser extensions and keyboard navigations and shortcuts and that kind of thing the original read mspa offline archive added a bunch of metadata information 
and the idea of localization of translating things of, of dealing with like trigger warnings for some of this content there's there's so much that a community can do with a work like homestuck if there's a function built in that allows that which is hard to do with the website but because we already have this program that understands the comic and has functions and an API built in for you know your position and spoiler gating and settings and that kind of thing there's a lot of functionality we can expose to enable this stuff uh, especially localization especially translation especially tweaks one of the interesting things is that like the idea of homestuck was always that it was kind of a community based and driven thing and you know even though it's on the internet and originally one guy had the ability to change anything about it the idea was always that you know you know, re- readers suggest stuff and that happens in the comic or readers talk about it and those influence what happens in the comic. So, you know, then it finished and it kind of got locked down and Homestuck was as it was, a static, unchangeable thing that you read and you can't influence anymore. But I think, like, now that it is in your hands, it's kind of shifted back to the dynamic it was before where readers can see what it is and they can influence it. They can change it again. Like they have the power. It was always something that, like I think it was always something that I wanted to do, especially with the um, the thing Jonaya was originally doing, where by changing the original, like there was a JSON file with all the text of the program in it, and you just replace that. And but that means you know you can only have one replacement at a time. It's one file. It, the modding idea was something that I always wanted to do. I just didn't have the ability. And when Geo came in and stepped up to that and was able to expand it in such like an incredible way that I never would have possibly been able to do on my own. So this is, it's actually more interesting than that. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it turned out that neither of us really knew this, but we were working on building the same thing at the same time. <laughs> um, while, while he was building his collection, I was also in my own sandbox building my secret Homestuck collection using Electron and it's the same thing it's the same yeah. thing um i remember that and his but i was i was behind i was probably moving a little bit faster but i got started way later so when that released i was like oh wow this is really good and i don't want to compete with this because i'd rather the community be able to you know gather around this as like the the best practice but there are a couple things i've come up with that i don't see here so you know let's try to salvage it like an address bar yeah, like an address <laughs> bar. i didn't have an address bar in the original version and you had to convince me to add it yeah there's there's a lot of quality of life stuff that got added in for the second version it doesn't look like a huge difference but basically the, the entire code base was rewritten to accommodate some of this new stuff oh wow yeah and that's kind of what happens anyway because like when you start it you're just at the ground level but once you <laughs> have stuff developed you're like okay this is what we're doing now uh shoot we need to rewrite some stuff <laughs> yeah and it's it's like i fully consider like you know even though i did i did make the original version i still fully consider like the the, the massive 2.0 thing like even though you, you know it's still the same program there's so much change under the hood to enable all the things that joe's done to it like you know it's as much uh his program as it is mine at this point like he's done so much for it I think at some point, I think at some point we said co-authors, which I like mm-hmm. because I mean, there's 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 a ton in there from from both of us and from various members of the community, which we thanked in the credits for some of the archival work. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned that there were the previous like offline archives and stuff. What 
all did you archive to, or how did you pull everything, all of the assets you needed to get into the program? Like, was it mostly that offline archive and then other stuff? I did see a scraper in. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you've kind of got two sources. You've got everything that's on MSPA itself, which, you know, you can just write a script to download every single file you think is relevant. Yeah. There's not like a open listing of it. You have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. And kind of that came down to like, okay, you know, you can download all the text of every page and then look through the text of every page for links. And then if that link looks at for a file on MSPA, then download that too and just go through everything. And that's part of it. And the original idea before the asset pack was to have every single person run this script so that technically I'm not distributing any of these files. You're just getting them from the internet. It's fine. But um, what ended up happening was there was too much individual stuff that wasn't on MSPA or was, you know, tangentially related, still really important. But, you know, you can't rely on that always being up. Like, you know, old movie clips, like the Con Air ones, like, you know, those YouTube videos get taken down constantly. So, you know, having that solid version of those is really good. And even just stuff that's uploaded on other image hosting sites, you know, they, they go down all the time. You've you got to have a version of that. So eventually I just said, okay, you know, here's everything I think is important. And I had to draw that line somewhere. Here's everything I think is important. Here's every way I can link it in naturally to the collection and just like stack it up. Just keep adding into this folder until it's done. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a technical note, the, the actual text for the stories themselves on the original MSPA site were stored as this weird text file format that Andrew seems to have handwritten <laughs> that is parsed by this giant index.php file. Okay, so, okay, so if you were PHP page. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. remember back in the day, it was like story.php yeah. and story is six and the page is some six digit number. What that actually did is look up a text file that had like the text of the story and some commands in it and render the whole page based on that. They, they weren't static pages. Right. Now, way back when, I don't even remember how I found them, but I found that directory. And so we do actually have the original quote unquote source code for some of these pages and like how the spoiler boxes were rendered and which ones have which themes and that kind of thing. Oh, wait, no, I remember. It's because um, at some point when they moved over to a new server, the entire source code of MSPA got uploaded to the same CDN as all the regular files. So if you just look at the CDN, the PHP is just there. So those were the PHP files. Yeah. That's how people found the PHP files, which I actually didn't have. Ooh. But I did have the, the, the text files way back when, which I don't think exist anymore. I think with homestuck.com, those oh, URLs don't exist. Check. They don't exist on homestuck.com. Uh, they are still on MSPA. Then I just checked. Oh, they're right here. For posterity. A lot of the time what we did, instead of like trying to grab the, the page exactly as it existed, like the Wayback Machine does, mm-hmm. is kind of reverse engineer what the site did and render each page separately ourselves, which yeah. lets you do things like put themes on pages and, and translate things and make, make tweaks there instead of just having like this static archive. This is just cracking me up even more when I think about, so, so Moosey, back in 2019, Hussey released like kind of like an ARG website and had some files hidden on the website mm-hmm. and apparently didn't expect people to find them like quickly. <laughs> oh. Boy. And like, yeah, we don't have to get into that. But it's just funny he, that that's the that's the Skynet Systems ARG. If anyone wants to look that up, yeah, um, just didn't expect people to like 
look into that that fast. It's like, do you know your fandom <laughs> at all? Which we have on the collection, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some interesting stuff to talk about there in terms of, you know, what's okay to put on this thing in general. Yeah, there's 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 stuff that needs warnings that yeah. didn't originally have warnings, um, which we have an opportunity to do now. Hmm. I think, like, okay, the idea with the Skynet stuff was that, you know, it had some unsavory material in it, and there was some backlash. And the idea was, I released the collection not long after all that happened. And through my head at the time, like, I was pretty concerned about it. Like, how are going to people react that, you know, this big collection also has this thing which pretty much everyone agreed really sucked? And it wasn't just that. It was also, like, a bunch of um, Halsey's older comic material, which at that point they, you know, pretty much announced that they, they deleted it from their own portfolio. There's a, there's a lot in Homestuck and in the collection and in, in the background and all this that just didn't age well yeah and a lot of it they knew didn't age well and they had already taken steps to address it like there were there there are bits in the comic that were edited after the fact because there was an immediate backlash or because yeah. after like a day after publishing it they looked back and said you know that was a mistake uh, yeah. and they went back and changed it but part of the job of archival is to include those things right so mm -hmm we're in this odd position where we're intentionally distributing things that we know are not. And, and this is, I don't mean this as a euphemism. I mean, this as like, literally we know they're not the best. Like mm. there, there is a canonical, this is what this, what the author decided this was supposed to be version. And we're showing that and also the bad one, you know? So that's a tricky line to walk Definitely. for stuff like Skynet systems for stuff like, uh, there are some cases where like some of the music was replaced in the flashes because they had a falling out with the musician. That's not like a content issue. That's just, you know, which, which version is the canon version? There, there are a lot of cases where that's not clear. And there are a lot of cases where it's not clear what the best way to present some of this problematic material, like the, like the slurs by default we keep in because they were never edited out. But we, we make sure the community has a way to deal with that. There's, there's, I think, one panel in the entire comic that borders on, like, gore. And we have, I think that's disabled by default because, uh, originally, what Pumpkin went back and edited it afterwards. So you can, if you really go out and search for it, you can enable that and see the original version. But we try to detect people by default. So there's, there's a lot of cases like that where archival is not this neutral science. It's something where we have to be making design decisions throughout. And we have to be thinking, you know, how does this impact people? How does this serve or do a disservice to the community or the original authors? There are a lot of, you know, conscious choices you have to make in doing that. Definitely. Yeah, because like this isn't just an archive. It is also meant to be like read and experienced and modified, which is different than just like keeping things like safe for later. It's yeah. both. Yeah, absolutely. Like have it there because it exists and it's important for that to continue existing, but let people know that they have the choice to not go through it. Like they can experience it in the best way possible for them. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a funny point to note, but it's true that this is, it's not just an archive. It's meant to be consumed. Like we want people to be reading this and that adds a layer of complexity to it. I mean, most, most of my stuff, I just squirrel away on a server somewhere and sleep easier knowing that it's not lost. This is not that. This is, you know, 
we're sending people to this. If you want to read Homestuck, here's the best way to do it. And that makes it even harder. That makes it more important that you think through these things and make good decisions. Yeah, like I, I, I did think a bit before, you know, choosing which mods I had on like the slur replacement, because some of it is like, you know, I don't enjoy reading the slurs, but I think it's a good I, I think it's part of for me, like reading it in the context of Homestuck at the time and just like watching it change throughout the years. And, you know, for other people, they might they're like, you know what? That's fine. I don't need to have that context for what Homestuck used to be and got better from. <laughs> so so yeah, there is a lot of community context. Like there's stuff that did get removed like the next day, but still affected the community experience. Like like there's just some like talking points you will not understand if you do not know about a thing that got changed. Absolutely. And yeah. it's important that that still exists, even if, you know, that might not be, <laughs> even if that's not the way you want to reread the comic archive even the sucky things yeah so we have to accommodate both of those i remember opening it and seeing all the options before i even had any mods installed it's just a fantastic program that i look forward to playing with more on future rereads because you know i've reread this comic like four times by now so i'm just rereading it forever is what i've decided <laughs> yeah it's like once you go past like two rereads, it's like, no, you just will keep rereading this forever. <laughs> At some point, it's just going to be encyclopedic in your brain. Like it happens. It, it, it's natural. Just accept it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this has been like a decade long hyperfixation for me at this point. There's, a, it's, there's not really a, a set of rereads so much as just a blurred line between where I end and Homestuck begins. <laughs> See, and I'm still waiting for me to get to that point where it clicks for me. Because it hasn't yet. And I'm like, when do I get to be a fanatic as well? I mean, everyone yeah. has their own answer. There's always like, you know, at one point someone's like, oh, this is really cool. And then everything after that is like just hinged with that. Wow, that was really cool. So everything forward is really cool. Who knows how it'll go for you, though? Like, answer is different for everyone. Sometimes it's Absolutely. Act 2. Sometimes it's Act 3. Sometimes it's Act 4. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the trolls. <laughs> I, have a yeah. friend, I have a friend whose favorite part of the comic are the uh, care patients. And, you know, power to them. Yeah. They're fun little guys. Maybe that's what does it for you. I don't know. That's See, that's that's the thing about Homestuck uh, as a community is, like, you will find an expert on everything in Homestuck. You will find it's where they just said, I'm going to take this obscure little detail that no one talks about, and this is my land now. And mm -hmm. if you want to know anything about it, you come here. And it's it's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting just how invested so many people have become about Homestuck in general. Like, even though I don't hear people talk about it very much these days, it's it was like a cultural thing. And then we, again, that's why the archives are important and losing the message boards and stuff is like a, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, for, honestly, I'm like surprised how strong it continues to persist. Like, even though it's not a major point of discussion, you still see it come up sometimes. And in those discussions, people are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And there'll always be a reply like, uh, hey, we're talking about Homestuck. Check out this collection. It's cool. You just, you see it pop up everywhere that it's just become a part of the, hey, you want to know about Homestuck? Here it is discussion. Yeah. Homestuck is like, is like cultural bedrock at this point. There's so much that references it or is influenced by it or is based on it. And yeah, I mean, that, that conversation happens a lot and I see it. What are we talking about? Homestuck. but the person will immediately caution, the website's broken, use this instead. It's like absolutely thrill. I remember just the other day, uh, what's his name? Uchikoshi 
known for writing games such as the Zero Escape Trilogy and AI the Somnium Files, was asking about, hey, uh, what manga should I read? And someone said Homestuck. And he said, sorry, what's Homestuck? And then someone linked him the collection. Like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How am I supposed to process this? I'm just a douche. (laughs) Jesus, I cannot imagine. That's great. There was such a fun moment when uh, Jan Masali published this video on Homestuck. And like in the screenshots, you could tell it was our collection that he was using to read it, which is just a, it's just a fun moment for us. That's great. Do you guys get a lot of people contacting you? Like, hey, I want this feature or hey, you made this thing. I love it. Like, do they contact you directly on that stuff? I will answer second. Honestly, I feel like, like yes, I, I do get noticed. I don't necessarily get DMs out of it, out of the blue as much as I used to. And I mean... Part of that's probably because of how I go about it. I'm fairly silent online. I don't talk in public much. I, the attention scares me. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably good. So, yeah, frankly, like, I'm totally happy to let Geo c- control whatever the discussion of that is. So, similarly, I make sure my name is on everything second because <laughs> he absolutely wrote it and, and kind of spearheaded it and I can't do marketing. So I think most of the people who want to contact us try to contact Bambush and fail and give up. Then they get ghosted. But no, I do. <laughs> mm. I'm, it's so sad. I've got a Twitter account, which I haven't logged into for like six months. And sometimes I'll check it and there's like DMs. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, I can't look at these. <laughs> I do get a DM like maybe once a month from somebody with like an installation question or a request or a comment or that kind of thing. And half the time before I get a chance to reply, they'll say, oh, I found the answer. Uh, and the other half, I walk them through, nice. like, making the GitHub request, or I point them to where the documentation is or whatever. Uh, so it, it's not been a problem. For me, at least, totally manageable. Yeah. You ever, like, join a Discord channel, and then they're like, oh my gosh, it's Bambosh and Orgio. A couple of times, but mostly in my university, which has been a weird experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, like, I guess of the the people most likely to know Homestuck independently, like, it makes sense. Gio, do you get any recognition for this specifically? I certainly get recognition when I go spaces in the Homestuck fandom for all sorts of reasons. All sorts of reasons. All sorts of All reasons. fun and happy. But yeah, no, when I, like, very occasionally, like, once every three months, I'll mention something on the Homestuck Reddit or the Discord or whatever, and they'll be like, wait, is that, you know... Is that the Geo from the thing? And it's yes, yes. Do you have any questions? No. Okay. Well, thank you. Hello. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just like getting noticed in the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> you exist. Oh my gosh. You're here. <laughs> I- I'm glad you like my thing. Would you like me to, I don't know, sign something? <laughs> you want an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> Can I sell you an NFT? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of what the equivalent of a signature for online spaces was. And I went to the worst option. I have a Patreon. Oh, oh, you're leaving now? Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. Good. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a coffee yeah. or a ko-fi or however it's pronounced. I'm glad y'all are, are getting recognized for stuff. I do see it definitely around independently from anything you guys have linked. Yeah, I think that's how I found it. Like, obviously, I know you, Gio, but I don't think I originally found it because I saw you posting about it. And then later I'm like, oh, Gio's on here. I know Gio. <laughs> this guy gets everywhere. Yeah, it's it's cool. There's, uh oh, you know what? 
We're, <laughs> I said, you know what, half an hour, maybe an hour tops. We're reaching 50 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let me, let me ask, do you guys have any favorite features and or mods? Okay, I do have a favorite feature. I don't know how specific I should go into it. It's a thing that makes some flashes better than they were on the website in a way that I don't think I can say, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know. Yes, that's, we have, we have some. <laughs> so cryptic. We have some, like, it's, it's some boringly named, like, enhanced flash option. Yeah. Just, like, boring enough that you don't want to turn it off. Which is, no, I agree. It's fun. My favorite thing, I think, are the really kind of mundane, boring things that make it feel more tactile and more like a real web page, which are the address bar, mm -hmm. the bookmarks system. There's a feature I wrote where if you hover over a link, you see like the tooltip in the bottom corner that tells oh, you where yes. it goes. Stuff like stuff like that yeah, where, yeah, yeah. that you had on like the old internet or like a file system where you actually have an idea of how things are organized and you, you feel like you have some agency in the space that like Discord doesn't have. There's there's like a lot of modern apps just sort of yeah. Yeah feed you through a user experience and you don't get a chance to interact with the space in a meaningful way. I have so many notes about modern software. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really enjoyed fighting against that in a sense and having like URLs and web paths and you can click an image and open up, you know, where that image is on your computer. So you, it's easy to share with people. If you grab an image with your mouse and drag it, the dragging behavior works properly. You can you can see which parts of the nice. image are transparent if you drag it around a while, like you could uh, in 2010. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that that just makes it a little bit more more computer real. That's really cool. I did love you know clicking on like you know Dave's comic and stuff and opening it into a new tab like I am just on a browser. Oh yeah, tabs tabs are great. Love the tabs. Oh man, they were a pain to make though. So, <laughs> like you know, a huge amount of that original dev time was just like you know. I, sitting in front of my browser, just like fucking around with oh, can I swear? Yeah, <laughs> just like with basic things. Okay, cool. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you wrote the tabs and I didn't have to. <laughs> well, I I definitely appreciate them. That was something I I explicitly noticed. So my version, the thing I was writing before had Windows, where you could have. I don't. I don't think oh. we. I don't think I even had tabs, but you could open like multiple windows and move stuff around like that. Mm. which we've toured around with doing but it's going to be very complicated yeah yeah it's like you know if you're gonna have windows you're gonna have the ability to split the tabs off into the windows and that's like such a nightmare <laughs> not even firefox does it properly it's massively complicated i mean so much electron so many electron apps just are single window yeah. anyway like that's just how modern it drives me up the wall <laughs> i want stuff to be like aol instant messenger same <laughs> good old days <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> We're old. Perhaps. Back when chat was worse and we liked it because it was ours. Yeah. yeah. I could sort my buddies into groups. <laughs> That's true. You Pester Chum had that. We're just gonna... I do. I, Pester Chum is really cool. No, that, was, that was my jam back in the day. I like that it's just like repurposed IRC. I mean, it still works. Are you still using it, Moosey? Uh, no, I haven't opened it back up. <laughs> maybe i will next time i do um some reading i'll turn on homestuck music and then <laughs> open pester chum and read homestuck cool imagine that reminds me another great thing i think this was a mod i can't remember where it links to the music as you're listening to it on the web page 
That's built in. That's oh, built that in. one's native. Yeah. Oh, that's built in. I was yeah. really proud of that one too. That was um, oh, that was because uh, someone else, uh, Nebula, I think they're going by now, uh, was making a Homestuck music wiki on their own, and oh. I just looked at that and thought, hey, they've got their database just open on GitHub. What if I just took that da- music database and put it in the thing I'm making right now? So just because I had that, I was able to, you know, reference which page had which song and just like insert that for fun. One of the features on our wish list is I really want to write a tool that lets you re-import the data from the Helmstock Music Wiki because it's still an open data set, but they've added so much to it. There's there's fan music, adjacent stuff. There's like Bowman albums and the Deltarune Undertale stuff that's all navigable. And I'd love to be able to just incorporate that. So people can browse that side of the fandom as well. That's great. That's uh, who is it? Someone there's a spanky and a spankity, and I always get them mixed up. But one of them, one of them's doing the the Homestuck fan music archive. I almost got them on for an episode before I went on hiatus, and that that would be cool to also like implement because like um, you'll you'll understand this context later after I'll I'll tell you after we get through Act Five about Broadway Car Cat. Broadway Car Cat is an integral uh, part of experiencing Homestuck. Truly. Yeah, there's there's so many things. Homestuck is so big. Gotta add so many things to it. And the music thing's great because I never remember what songs are called. People are like, oh yeah, I love Sun Slammer from blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't know where that is, but I imagine it's cool because I like the music. <laughs> Sun Slammer is cool We got to have that on the table. Yeah, I did pick one that I'm that I'm I'm vaguely familiar with, and I I think I listened to listened to recently. Nice. Some Sun Slammer's good. I think I know like Esper Jungle off the top of my head, and that's about. <laughs> I mean, you know, good ones to know. Yeah, this is. I feel like we could just keep talking tech for a long time, or just like archival homestuck and stuff. Um. But unfortunately, it is hitting. Or I could talk about archival stuff all the time. You ever want to just yeah. chat forever? <laughs> yeah, just like archival computer. It's like, we'll just talk about like, because like you talking about all the open source stuff is like, man, I know I didn't exist back before Windows was a big thing. But I, I do hear about how programmers and just computer stuff in general was just like open to everyone. And that's just how it was. And this is how this is getting made because you just have everyone having open source information that you can make such a cool project. And everyone's just sharing their stuff for free. Like the Homestuck commentary mod, uh, I'm so glad it's on there because I use it on browser all the time. And just so many things that's like because it's a collaborative effort of everyone doing their own thing in a little corner and it's able to be used for stuff like this. I honestly, I don't remember how I finagled my way into helping on the level I, I am right now. You messaged me, you said, I can do it too. And I said, oh, please, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was because of, because of the way it's it's published and licensed, one of the options was you know, my little ultimatum, if you're done with this project and you don't want to work on it anymore, I am happy to just fork it off and add some features to it. And that's the kind of thing people can do with open source software is, you know, it's it's wonderful that we've been able to collaborate like this. But if we're done, if we want to set it down and work on other things instead, it's not just dead in the water. 
you know, the community can come and work on it and add to it, which is one of the main things I wanted to do with the modding. But also the core software can be, be picked up by people. Yeah. Uh, Moosey, did you have any last questions? Uh, no, I think I'll definitely reach out afterwards just to chat with you guys. <laughs> no problem at all. The real point of the episode was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Van Bosch, anything you wanted to um, say last minute or plug? Oh, I can chill, can I? Oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> read Ocean Falls. It's by my very good friends, Knights and Hadron. I do a lot of technical stuff for it, including uh, help with flashes and games that insert in it much in the way they do Homestuck. And I'm really proud of what we do there. It, I think you'll be impressed to check it out. What's it called awesome. again? That's Ocean Falls. Falls. Okay, cool. It's good stuff. Like the ocean is falling. Ocean Falls. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Geo, you got anything to plug? I'm Gio. If you go to im.giovanh.com, you see all my things, my Twitter, blog, projects, everything, Mastodon. Awesome. And I'll have links to those below. Let's also remember, which let's I also put a link yeah, to yeah. the uh, collection and also the Homestuck Music Wiki, which is a really cool thing people should look at. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, point. yeah. Can you send me the, the link to the Homestuck Music Wiki? Yeah, def- I'll have the collection down there. I think I also have it in the, the episode. You listen to Van Bosch, the most recent one that's out. Mm. currently as of recording wow <laughs> yeah cool then i think we're just gonna wrap it up here almost right at the hour mark which is always funny for me to timestamp things because dami always takes a bunch out um because she's good at editing uh <laughs> so thank you guys so much for joining i am so glad that uh i i have you on and i hope more people go out and check out the unofficial homestuck collection and if uh they have the know-how and the desire add on more mods and more cool stuff to it and with that i will see you guys in two weeks thank you to dami for composing the theme song and editing the episode you can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash domino thief Shout out to our fakest fan tier supporters, Danny the Spoon Lord and Tezrak. You can become a supporter and receive early episodes and bonus content for as little as $1 a month over at ko-fi.com slash jacksyaks or simply give a one-time tip. For information on and links to my other projects, head over to jacksyaks.com. Thanks again for listening. 